Welcome to my podcast, Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality. My name is Vicki Poole, and I'm a master transformational coach specializing in habit change. This podcast is sponsored by The Enlightened Peach, and it's all about embracing our mosaic life. And some of you may ask, what is a mosaic life? Well, it is recognizing that all the pieces of our life, the good, the bad, the indifferent, have all come together to make us who we are. Change any one thing and we are different. With that in mind, I invite you to embrace your perceived imperfections and celebrate who you are. This podcast is unedited and raw, just like life. And I am your host. And I have a special guest with me today I'll introduce in just a moment. But if you have any ahas, questions, appreciations, please leave a comment or a voice message. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. So now, Let's get started. So this gentleman right here, uh, we don't know each other very well, but um, his name is Evan Baumgartner. And we actually met in a class that we are both um, uh, almost like a mastermind that we are in together. And we are learning so many better ways of utilizing our hypnosis and, and helping people. So I heard him talking on one of our little chats and his story were so cool that um, I thought I've got to have him on a podcast. So um, this is where we are now. And so I want to uh, let him just tell you really quick what kind of hypnosis that he does and we'll go from there. Thanks, Vicki. Um, I'm Evan Baumgartner uh, as... She said, I'm a hypnotist. Um, I specialize in helping people overcome anxiety, regain their confidence, and uh, also move on from Bell's palsy and synchronesis. So those are the big things for me. Um, as far as like what kind of, that's, we were talking about this before the recording. There's so many different <laughs> kinds of hypnosis it's like all the different routes that you can take to to get to the same place and uh doing what feels right so i'm I'm a big proponent of having a very deep hypnotic toolbox to, yeah. to go yeah. to um that's the only way to do it i think otherwise yeah. you put yourself into a little tiny box and that's all you can do and it's like some people need something that's over here and you're over here <laughs> yeah and i mean you know it's something i'm passionate about is yeah, I, this is the, the best job in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. We get to, to help people at the end of the day and see massive changes happen. Things that people thought they would always have to, to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then almost like magic, you know, I, ideally, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, everybody's journey is a little different depending on what we're working on, but, but to see that go and then like that weight lift off of them is, is amazing. And I mean, that, that was something I went through myself and that's what brought me here, uh, right. becoming a hypnotist. Um, yeah. So let's dive into that real quick. Um, I know you, um, your journey with this began because of your Bell's palsy. Am I remembering correctly? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, I had Bell's palsy. This was, uh, it'll be nine years ago in a couple of weeks, <laughs> actually from here, it's uh, December now. And when usually after a couple of weeks, the, the nerve heals and everything. So, well, well, let's, let's stop real quick. So 
What causes Bell's palsy? Do you know? Is that something that you can share? Um, it's it's funny because okay. there's a, a lot of different things. Um, okay. the the key thing is there's a cranial nerve, kind of like right at the the below the ear, kind of back of the jaw thing that connects to like five different nerves in the face. Mm-hmm. And when that gets damaged somehow, whether that's from like a, a viral infection or whatever, uh, stress seems to be a very common thing for it. Uh, it causes temporary facial paralysis mm-hmm. until everything kind of heals and, and it goes back. Um, now, I was under a lot of stress at the time. Like I said, it was a, a couple of weeks before Christmas. I was a freelance writer at the time. I had deadlines piling up. I was trying to get everything ready. And I just hunched over my keyboard and uh, not taking care of myself, pushing everything at, to both ends. Like I was just physically and emotionally exhausted right. and not giving myself any rest. And then Bell's palsy happened. It <laughs> just kind of out of the blue. I had this like pain in the neck for, for a few days that was slowing me down, which created more stress. And because it was so hard for me to actually work then. And then one day it went away. I'm like, oh, good. You know, I'm thinking I had just been sleeping wrong mm-hmm. as a result. And then like that evening, all of a sudden, it's like my eye seemed to be blinking slower. Okay. And I'm like, all right, that's kind of weird. So I'm like looking in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, all right. Why why is my eye blinking out of sync with, with the other one? And then it was just this gradual thing over like 20 minutes where then that left side of my face was suddenly paralyzed. Wow. And uh, were you alone? Was there anybody with you? Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine. Was here so they noticed it too? Thing. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> Are you seeing this? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So it <laughs> so it's really not my is out of sync. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, obviously that, that was stressful. But now here's the funny thing. And, and I, I, I go through all this because it's uh, important to, to realize that nine years ago, when this happened, stress was not a cause, according oh. to doctors. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'd be like, no, it, it, it's not stress. No, can't can't be that. There's no, no link there. Now, the thing is, if you talk to people who have had Bell's palsy, if you go into like Bell's palsy support groups, you see things. Everybody that experiences it usually is under some form of stress, physical or emotional. Uh, women, when they're pregnant and especially in childbirth, will get it a lot. Like mm-hmm. that, that happens a lot. I'm like, well, look at that. That's an incredible amount of stress that the body's under at that point, both physically and emotionally is you're bringing right. another life into the world. That's, there's a lot of changes happening, a lot of stress. And, and like I said, both physical and emotional stress. Now here's funny in uh, 2019, <laughs> this is remember i i, I want to say it was like october so like months before a little thing happened that, <laughs> that changed everything 
Harvard Medical came out and said, oh, yeah, we found the link between stress and Bell's palsy. Interesting. And I'm like, oh, okay, see, I was right. <laughs> and <clears throat> so, so, so now there is an actual link saying, yeah, stress can cause that. But before that, they wouldn't even consider it. Yeah. And uh, so is it okay if I share something with you real quick? Yeah. Um, my children's father, before we actually um, um, started dating or anything, he had Bell's palsy and he was doing a job that was really, really stressful at the time. And, but they said it was caused by an inner ear thing, but so it was one side of his face and he actually had a little bit of problem with his arm and everything too. And he, um, I forgot how long it lasted, but he got everything back. But one eye was just a little bit, it was like closed just a touch more. And um, I mean, it wasn't real noticeable unless you knew. Mm -hmm. But then when he didn't have a mustache, he wore a mustache all the time. But when he didn't have a mustache, you could see that when he smiled, one side, the that one side did not smile the same. Um, but that was the only thing that he had from it. But he said his was where he went to bed at night and then he woke up in the morning and he thought he'd had a stroke because one side of his body felt different and one side of his face in particular, you know. <laughs> But, you know, he, he recovered from it pretty much, you know, with little telltale signs that most people didn't notice. Yeah. And it, that that's something like you, if you've had it, you can kind of notice when other people have had, had mm -hmm. it if you, if you look closely, because like I said, it's putting everything back together. And right. if it doesn't get put back together correctly it's kind of like like if you break a bottle or a lamp and you glue it back together it's the same but it's it's a little different at that point yeah you can tell something happened right to it you know you're not going to fool anybody <laughs> and and that and that's what happened to me it's called uh synchinesis which um nobody really talks about that part of it uh, because it is pretty uncommon, thankfully. Um, so explain what I that mean, is. It, it, it's one of those things where like spell check doesn't even yeah, yeah. <laughs> know how, how to how to how to check it. And um, so that that's kind of where the the nervous healed, but everything is kind of out of place. Okay, so it's like it's all healed, but it's kind of just off kilter just a little. Yeah. So. Uh, what happened to me was okay now like my eye would would still pull shut i don't have the same kind of full functionality in my mouth on that side that i had before um meaning you can't chew as well that's gotten better but yeah okay. it's it's still a little tough but it's noticeable like smiling is still tough i mean you learn how to get that kind of crooked smirk and <laughs> And then mm -hmm. just use, use the, the eye being pulled down is kind of throw a wink in there too. So does um, it get more so more noticeable if you're under stress now? Um, I think when, when I'm extra tired. Okay. And uh, it is more of when it's noticeable uh, the most or like 
when I'm being super animated um, because that was one of the things that really gave me like horrible anxiety when it went from Bell's palsy when I'm thinking, okay, this is something I just got to deal with for a couple of weeks and then it'll be fine. Then it's like, okay, why hasn't this, uh, why isn't this changing? And we think of it as primarily like a, a cosmetic thing, but it mentally, the effect on us, it's a lot deeper than just that. It's not right. strictly about the appearance. And we're not even necessarily aware of that for me. And this is, I didn't realize it at the time, but it's kind of like this, it changed how I was able to communicate. It, it, it took that away. I mean, it's not just our smile, but it's how we non-verbally communicate. I can't emote the same way that I did before, which is, difficult when you like to do you know deadpan kind of <laughs> humor and voices yeah. and you yeah. can't make the same facial expression they only look at this side to. yeah <laughs> and uh yeah and and i remember uh one time i i was saying something to my daughter we were about to go somewhere and uh, like there was kind of, kind of a twitch in in, in the muscle so kind of like my eye would pull down it'd be like sort of a wink and I would I would joke around with her and do that kind of like wink wink you know <laughs> like this is a joke and uh, and and my I did that I was like what? and she's like oh okay dad and then she gives me like the big, big wink back I'm like no I'm really serious not an intentional wink, wink wink and she's like oh yeah I know I am too wink wink I'm like no <laughs> oh that's too funny I mean that's a fun way that yeah that affects yeah us, but you know. It, it can be frustrating. I imagine um, so. Cause you know, I mean, it's like when you think about it, like, like even babies, they will decide what's going on just from our facial expressions and things like that. And if it's not congruent, what's going on, I'm sure it could be a little bit of confusion. And then, so people that don't know you kind of actually decide what your, what your, emotions are or whatever from your facial expression so they can get a totally misconception about what you're trying to convey i can see where that would be very yeah. stressful and and after how i'm like okay well i just need to to get on with my life yeah and uh i, I remember i'm like okay well i'm gonna go to a bar for happy hour and i'm just gonna do this i walk in you know like half of my face isn't working like the bartender gave me this look of like should i be serving this guy it's like, how many have you had already, buddy? Or like, is he having a stroke or what, what's going on? I'm just like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm like, that's it. I'm out. I've had a good run. I'm just going to go home and be a hermit now. And uh, my anxiety just went through the roof as a result of that. And uh, ended up becoming agoraphobic. And that... So for people that don't know what that is, explain that one as well. Uh, agoraphobic, just uh, the, fear of open spaces, basically. I just didn't like going out in public. Um, and I would basically have a panic attack if I had to be around people. Um, and there a few things with that also because of like how, all right, if the eye is pulling down, it kind of affects your peripheral vision too. So then that's also activating the kind of the fight flight freeze anxiety 
mm-hmm. response as well because now it's like oh you have to be extra vigilant if your vision is now impaired from, from a side it's like until it adjusts to that um and yeah so i i didn't take it well i remember going to neurologist having an mri just like why isn't this back to normal and i'm i'm hoping at that point that there's a brain tumor i'm like mm-hmm. just tell me that you no know, there's something there because because that that was hope yeah that at least they could take something out, out right and it'd it's be like, fine there's something that could be done right one way or the other you know and uh nope everything was fine and uh i was just like yeah no every that's as healed as it gets and um no and he had to explain to me for like half an hour why it was a good thing i didn't have a brain tumor i'm like like, you don't get it man and uh you're you're telling me that's a good thing and and, but nothing can be done this is just how i am now i'm like oh that's not that's not good um so that really set me off um and and i know like okay you go through that sort of process and you you become super anxious and then were you, you married at that point did no, you have children not. at that point i i, I did have okay. a job I, I, I wasn't married okay and um so i yeah my as my anxiety just got worse i'm like okay i need to do something about this because now i was getting depressed i'm like this isn't this isn't who i am and you know, as much as I love the idea of just being a hermit <laughs> and uh, li- living that hermit life up on a mountain, just meditating all day, that's not who I am. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't be I, happy I, with it for long anyway, would you? Uh, longer than most, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everybody's got their limits. That's right. And so. Uh, I go to the doctor because I'm like, all right, I I know I dealt with anxiety before and what helped me with that was Xanax. And uh, so this was the last time I had that was like 2007. I think. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go and I will ask for, for more Xanax, please, to help me with these panic attacks so I can be functional out in the world. And, uh, I go to the doctor and they're like, nope, nope, we're not going to give that. I'm like, why not? It can be habit forming. I'm like, I have no history of substance abuse whatsoever. And I have not had Xanax since 2007. Yeah. Which, you know, they can see in my chart. So this is the thing that worked for me in the past that you won't give to me now. They're like no, well, you know, he also said that you're you're depressed. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, it's situational, and so he's trying to go. Well, I'm I'll give you antidepressants. We'll give you all all the all this stuff. I'm like, but I'm I'm not I'm not depressed. It's like I am depressed, but I I'm depressed because of the anxiety. The anxiety is the underlying thing. Mm-hmm. And the depression comes because of how that affects me, and I'm not a clinical depressive you know like that and he's like yeah well 
we're gonna I, I we're gonna go this way uh go to the depression see if that helps the anxiety and take these antidepressants and okay so you won't give me the thing that has been proven to help me with my anxiety in the past because it's habit forming but now you want me to take pills for something that is only situational because of the anxiety that I then have to take for three to four weeks before I even start to see any sort of change happen. And then the longer I'm on it, the longer it will take for me to step off of it. Because if I just quit taking it, it will fuck up my brain. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds more like it's addictive than the yeah, other. Right? I'm like, I'm like, but that's not habit for me. That's not okay. I'm, yeah. They were not happy with me. He's threatening to fire me as a patient. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, because you're, you're a quack. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I absolutely hate doctors for that very reason. <laughs> now it all goes back to, to this interaction, which was ridiculous and it was not listening and it was trying to shove things to not to mention, I'm like, you know, I was so self-employed at that point as a writer, but I needed my brain to be functional. I couldn't be in this numb cloud that right. antidepressants create. I'm like, that would affect my ability to make a living. Well, you and, know, you know what it probably all boils down to? Xanax was not one of the people that supported them and gave them kickbacks for that prescription. Yeah. You know? And, of yeah, course, you're and, in Canada. And, I don't know how it works where you're no, at. I'm, 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 in, I'm in Seattle. Okay. Okay. In Seattle. So <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't know why all of a sudden I was thinking you were in Canada, but anyway, it's, so it's right up the road. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm like, okay, you won't, won't do that. But yeah, I, it, it probably is the kickbacks and, and long enough, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I have enough bad things to say about them. <laughs> Anyway, I'm you know I'm not against doctors. I think like if if I was dying, if I was actually like having a heart attack or a stroke, or if I had a, a bone protruding from my arm or a stab wound or a gunshot wound, doctors are absolutely amazing at stitching whatever back up. Mm -hmm. But they are the most unqualified dangerous people to be dealing with anything that has to do with emotions because their training is to remove emotion from it right. which you have to do to, to to be in that job but like with you know mental health it, it it's all about emotion and and anxiety is a hardwired emotion you know all, all of that that we have we we evolved right. to feel that. But when it's firing off, you know, going up to 11 inappropriately, then we need to do something. And in the past, yeah, I take this little pill when I was having a panic attack and go, ah, okay, now I, now I feel normal, you know, cause it would just bring you down. I don't, I, I don't even believe in, in Xanax anymore because I mean, again, that that's a band aid, Right. It's not actually dealing with the issue, which is why is this firing off? Right. And, you know, it, it can help. And then as we get used to that feeling of it being normal in our body, we don't necessarily need it anymore. 
Right. But yeah, it can be habit forming if you're taking it when, when you don't need it. And there are certain people that everything's habit forming, you know? Yeah. Um, It's just an amazing part of their chemistry. But how did you go from this place right here to suddenly deciding that hypnosis was what you wanted to do? I, I'm like, I have to do something. This isn't going to help. This isn't a solution that's going to work for me. And so I, I went to a hypnotist. I'm like, can this help me? So did you, had you been hypnotized before that? No, no. So, no, I mean, so what any did you, more than what, like watching TV or something will, will hypnotize. Yeah. So what let you know that that was the next step? Did you know somebody that did hypnosis? No, I was just out of options. So you just, you just Googled it? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm always curious, yeah, you know, I'm, how, I'm, how I'm do like, you know okay, to get to that? Yeah. It, it was something like you kind of heard about, but again, like with the, the night it was something like, is this real or not? Kind of thing. There was mm-hmm. a lot of debate about that. But I'm like, it's going to be better than that. I'm like, yeah. it, it, at least that there's one more thing for me to try here that isn't going to be this, this runaround. So then I can say things and that it, it really helped. And I was able to start kind of going to, to soccer games again. So did you notice after the first session, a difference? Yeah. You know, that's one of the things I just want to stop for a second and let ever all of our watchers and listeners know that, you know, even though it can be where it takes a several sessions to get things really under control, you can feel a difference in things right away. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you look at what it's costing you in your life to be in that little place where you were. I mean, that means that first session that you did in hypnosis was almost, um, oh, how would you say? I mean, it was invaluable that, you know, it changed things and it began giving you hope. And so I don't know how much you paid for that first session, but it's like when you get back and you look at it, it's like, man, that should have been this amount because it's changed my life in that way. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately that was the only one I did just because of financial constraints. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, I'm like, okay, but it was enough to kind of get me doing things. It would have been a lot better had I had more to Mm -hmm. finish clearing it out, but getting to a place where I could, I could be functional again and start feeling like myself. It was absolutely invaluable. That's one session. I mean, because it's a journey, you know, and we can start seeing that, but we do need to reinforce it. We need to get our body on board with the changes that's happening. We need to test it Mm -hmm. out in the world to to make it sink in and like change happens in every session. And it's not a matter of like, oh, did it work or not? No, it's like, is the work complete or incomplete? You know, and depending on what we're going after, there, there might be more. I mean, like I'm, I'm still doing a lot of work. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when I go back now, like looking at, but yeah, that was when I wanted a career change, a friend of mine who, who was a therapist suggested like, Oh, well, you'd be, be a good therapist. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going back to grad school because, because I, I went for education instead of psychology. <laughs> 
And to be a therapist, I would have to go back and get a, a, a psychology master. I wasn't going to do that <laughs> again. It's like, well, you could be a hypnotherapist. So I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Ding, ding, and, ding, ding, and, ding. and I know it works because it <laughs> helped me get to the yeah. point where I was comfortable enough to go out and have lunch with a friend of mine because I wasn't before then. And uh, well, I'm like, this ticks all the boxes. I still get to be self-employed, I, but I, now I'm actually going to feel good about what I'm doing. And if I can help one person not have to go through what I went through, it's all all worth it. And, and that was just like, just like that. I'm like, this is, this is what I'm doing. And, uh, I tell you that it's such a great feeling when you like stop wanting something and it's just, you, you choose it and then you're just being it. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's like, when you get to that place, just all kinds of doors open for you, you know, people come to you needing what you have. Teachers come to you. It's like the, um, the heavens said, okay. This is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, like we're, we're, when you're creating value mm-hmm. in the world, whatever way that is, like it, and, and you feel good about it in your body, it, people gravitate towards that. And, but yeah, so I, I had that kind of epiphany where <laughs> this, this is what I, I, I was going to do. And, you know, I, I do self hypnosis all the time. And I've done that. And when I look back now to where I was then, even after like I'd felt better after I had that that one session for it, but it's like so different with that that continued things. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. having a panic attack now. Yeah. Of, like <laughs> what that would feel like. I can't picture it. Nice. And, uh, it, it, well, you know, this is one of the things so that- far removed. Yeah, it's one of the things that I tell my clients and stuff too, is that, you know, you can see, you know, just from one session or maybe the second session, this big change and stuff. And it's almost like the people that get an antibiotic because they feel so bad. And then a few days later, they're feeling good and they don't finish their antibiotic because eh, they don't think they need it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the same thing. And you're supposed to finish your antibiotic. So the the germs can't... um transmute or whatever it is that they do so that they even become more immune to the antibiotic that you were taking. Yeah. And so I I think that a lot of people miss the boat when they think that they do one session, it's done. Or, you know, when they get like, if they come, like most of my people come to me for weight loss or, you know, um, uh, mindless eating and that kind of thing. And that we can make huge differences in one session, but then we're not done because the reason all this stuff started wasn't because there was a candy bar laying over here that you decided to eat. It's more than that. And so it takes the thing. And I, I like to refer to Shrek, you know, where, um, where he says, you know, people are like onions, they have layers. And yeah. so as you peel that layer off, there's another thing that we need to do to help you stay on that, on that path. And And that's a um, never ending process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still, um, I get coaching, I get hypnosis and, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, even the best coaches in the world, the big coaches like Tony Robbins, he has a coach, you know? Um, so, 
And if you think about all sports teams, even the best sports player, they still have to have a coach because you can't see what you need to change from where you are. Somebody yeah. else has to help you with that. So I love the thing that I love about hypnosis and the reason I got involved with hypnosis because I had become a life coach and a health coach and I was able to make really good changes with people, but it was like doing the hypnosis, put it on steroids, man. It was like things happened faster. And, you know, if the people wanted it to go faster, you can make it go faster, but there are people mm -hmm. who still want to go slow and that's okay too. And that's, you know, like our subconscious wants to keep us safe and mm -hmm. it's, it's always a devil, you know, thing. It's yeah. like, like for me with my anxiety, it's like, where you could go out, but it's like, no, don't go outside. This is better. Yeah. Even though it wasn't, it's like, well, this goes against like who I am and it doesn't help me get what I want, but it was protecting me. Yeah. You know, in, in its own way. And I like our most destructive behaviors somewhere in there has some sort of benefit. Yeah. There's a secondary it. game somewhere. <laughs> They're not. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, it thinks it does. And, and, and our brains know us better than we know ourselves mm -hmm. and they know ha, ha, nothing can trick us more <laughs> than, than ourselves and so that, that's why we have to hey get it on board with what we <laughs> want that's right, right rather than than letting it run the show and when i think about that like going back like when i dealt with anxiety before when you know 2007 when i, I would have a Xanax. It's like I, it, I wasn't actually solving the issue, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I have done, right? In 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 that post with hypnosis, it, it, it was just that numb it out, take the edge off, and just go about your business and sort of pretend where it's not there. And for a lot of people, probably most people. <laughs> If not yeah. like a hundred percent of us, that's better to do than actually facing yeah. the thing. And yeah, they self-medicate to to avoid yeah. whatever it is. And, and and that's whether it's like watching, you know, mindless TV or you know, whatever, drinking or you know, popping a Xanax. It's it's just numbing out the stuff instead of accepting it and then processing it and finding out where that sort of kink in the hose is to undo it. So everything is flowing normally again. Yeah. And so I got a question for you. So the hypnosis helped you exponentially. Um, so did it help you more with, and this may be a silly question. I have no idea, but so I'm going to ask it anyway, because <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> There's no, no, no silly questions. Only my dumb answers. <laughs> okay. So was it focus of the hypnosis to help you to be able to go out in public or was it to um, help your nerves in your body or was it to um, help you to more um, make peace with where you are to move somewhere else? I don't, does any of that make sense? <laughs> yes. And the answer to all of that is yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think initially it was just to, yeah, again, like 
ground that voltage, you know, the, the emotional charge mm-hmm. that it had. And I think that when it comes to dealing with anxiety, that's a lot of what we're doing is like, okay, you're in a situation we're always going to be uncomfortable. Like I said, we're hardwired for anxiety. We're right. always going to feel, we need it. Right. It, it helps us survive. But you know, that when it's firing off inappropriately, like we can recognize it, we can accept it, but we need to, to just kind of not have it be as high voltage right. as that and being able to, to, to ground it out. So we can be like, okay, yeah, I know this, this is this, this is too much where this is at and learning to accept that there will still be discomfort at times. Like I still, I don't like crowds. I never have, but I don't get set off and like, Oh God, I can't breathe. If I'm in the middle of one you yeah. know, now, like, like, like I, I would, um, but that doesn't mean I, I now enjoy yeah. <laughs> being <laughs> in the crowd of people. No, I, I'm not. But, um, and then, so it was kind of like doing that, just dissipating it really and, and turning the volume down. So that, that was kind of my focus with anxiety so that I could just go about living as normal. Um, from there, it was kind of becoming less self-conscious about the synchronesis and, uh, you know, how, how my face then looked and to the point where it's like, I don't, don't think about it. Um, and then there was point where I decided, okay, I really wanted to do work with Vels palsy and, and like help people in the same thing. And I know that there was a way to, you know, possibly reverse it and get mm-hmm. things to go back it's it's kind of a crapshoot, but Milton Erickson, I mean, Grant, he's like the greatest hypnotist that ever lived. But if he could use hypnosis to walk again after polio, then there must be a way to physically potentially undo the synchronesis and uh, and actually regain full function of my face, get the get symmetry back, and that was the the difficult thing to to kind of figure out because i mean like i said we deal with emotions and that is a very emotional thing like I mean, it it's us we're the ones that have to look at ourselves in the mirror every mm-hmm. day and and when you see that yeah it's it's something else or like you see oh, okay yeah i look pretty symmetrical today then you see a photo and then it's not yeah. um you're like wait what the hell <laughs> but but it's the thing or you think you're emoting one way and it comes out like looking like you just have a fly stuck in your teeth (laughs) and it's tough but i'm like okay how can i help people with that knowing like people want that physical thing i'm like i i know that there's a way in to to potentially do it how much i i don't know it's going to vary everybody i can't guarantee any sort of results right with that i mean like i mean there are no guarantees in life i mean the only thing is like you're going to feel better after a session with me than you did before yeah <laughs> but, 
but are we going to actually be able to do that? I'm like, I can't say. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm like, I just want a proof of concept. And I'm like, I'm going to start focusing my work on this myself and, and see how much, how much I can undo. And once I, I, you know, found, oh, okay, the technique that I use actually could impact things physically. And uh, which is funny because I used it all the time uh, for emotional things and uh-huh. <laughs> thinking, oh, wait, I can actually use it to, to like help loosen the muscles in my face too. Uh, so, so that's and, what needs to happen is to loosen the muscles. Well, and then I, I think it's, it's so more of like where the, the nerve has to say, no, this one should be up here. So you need to wake up the receptors maybe. Yeah. I, I'm not really okay. sure. I'm just, uh, that just kind of, I'm, I'm just hoping that that's the subconscious knows. <laughs> okay. Well, and, it always knows. Yeah. It, it knows where things were. Where where it's supposed to be, whatever's happening under the hood. I'm just gonna <laughs> go. I just need you to kind of put things back, so this side works more like this side. And uh, and I was thinking, like, how do I do that? And I've messed around with like, okay, I'm gonna do a self hypnosis. I'm gonna do visualizations. And I'm like, I had no idea how long that would take. And I'm like, I, I was still. I'm like, I have other kind of personal development things. <laughs> spend my hypnosis time doing but what came to me was i had this attachment to outcome on that i had i had i was very attached to being able to to make a change Mm -hmm. and i had to to stop and go you know what i'm like let's say this never changes for 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 me Am I going to be okay with that? Am I going to be okay if I can't get any changes? And I had to welcome a lot of kind of discomfort things I hadn't even like thought about at that point that, you know, came up surrounding it. And, uh, and, and the big thing was, yeah, welcome it in and sit with it and, and look at it. And then when I, I was at the point where I could just kind of, kind of laugh about where I said, you know what? Even if I can't get any physical changes for myself or anybody else, I know I can help people. That's the whole reason I do this. I know what it's like to what feelings are happening when when you have this. I, I know what the challenges are. And I know how to make you help you feel better about that right. and not, not dwell on it, not let it be the end of the world and get your, get your life back. So that's a place where I know I absolutely can help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so even if I can't do this other thing, it's not going to stop me from trying. It's not going to stop me from working on it, but I'm like, obviously that can't be the focus. We have to be able to love ourselves just as much. If it never, ever changes, as much as if there was like a hundred percent recovery and right. everything was even well, you know, better the interesting, than it was before. The interesting thing is when I'm working with clients and it's about weight and everything, um, one of the processes that I work on is getting the mental place where they love who they are right this minute. Mm-hmm. If nothing's different and they can find a way to love themselves, 
just as they are, then it's easier to make changes because yeah. you can't change something while you're while you're hating on it. You can't have what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like you can't want and have at the same time. Yeah. And and that was uh, that was a big thing for me. It was like, can can I love myself if if nothing changes? Yeah. Or just as much as if everything changed. Am am I? not resigned to it which you know we can be in resignation without realizing it i think a lot of times yeah. thinking we're in acceptance but true acceptance of that and as soon as i got into that place of of true acceptance like i i felt something shift and then within a week i was able to whistle again for nice. the first time in like eight years and i'm like holy shit this is this is actually happening this stuff works <laughs> yeah, and I I couldn't believe what a, a big deal that was for me. I, I was mm-hmm. like crying. I'm like, there's I, I have a video up all over my social media of like that first time. I'm like, I just whistled for the first time in eight years because yeah. I could not believe it, and uh, and I've just been getting like those little improvements ever since, and uh, getting functionality back, getting symmetry back more and more. Um, I still got a ways to go, but, but that's okay because I'm just going 1% at a time and, yeah. and letting it, letting it change because it's like, I'm, I'm good either way. It'd be great to have that, that kind of proof, but you know, as, as long as there's still, things are still happening is just to show, like, even if I don't gain further than this, the point where I've gotten to is amazing. Like just in, in this past year that I've really focused on that. Um, it's like, we have no idea how much control of <laughs> those things under the hood mm-hmm. we, we can actually have. But a, a lot of it is really getting to that place of acceptance and, you know, loving ourselves, letting go of, of the want of the attachment to outcome and, and just being like, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite authors is Michael Singer. Um, and he has the book, the untethered soul. And then he also has a book, the surrender experiment. Um, okay. And it's all about surrendering to the outcomes of everything and um, taking intuition and moving with intuition, but surrendering and mm. how, life changes dramatically when you can stop um um being the director yeah you know and and that's a tough thing yeah (laughs) it is it is a very tough thing yeah like uh for me it was uh, letting go by david hawkins okay uh, a big thing i read that i'm like oh and that that completely changed how i was doing well you know one of the reasons why i think that is so hard for us because a lot of times we think if we're surrendering and we love ourselves just like we are, that we're saying that we don't want to change, that we don't want the improvements that there we're wanting in our lives. And that's not true at all. Letting go of the attachment. Right. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying that for people in general, and we know that because that's our lingo, um, (laughs) but people in general feel like if you say, you know, letting go of the attachment or whatever, that then they're saying, well, 
Um, well, then that means that I'm okay with nothing changes and nothing will change. And it's not, that's not the case. It's, right. it's getting you into a place where if you let go of that attachment, you can let all these things change so much easier. But I mean, even, even knowing the lingo, we still have to, this is true. This to is struggle true. with that. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, if I look at like the, the emotional scale, you know, if you have like down at the bottom, you have apathy, grief, and fear, like those heavy inward ones. And then you have uh, lust, anger, pride. Those are like the outward pushing ones. Then you have uh, courage, acceptance, love, and peace at the top, the, the light ones where flow state happens, you know, and, and that's up there where it's like, you're, you're not thinking you're just kind of doing everything. And, and that's great. It, it feels great. It's like, you don't care about stuff. Right. That mm -hmm. always say like, Oh no, I'm just going. I'm like, okay, it's not bothering me. I don't, I don't care. But then you have that, that apathy. You have that. I don't care where it's, it's heavy, it's shut off. And it, it, it's that I'm like, there's such a fine line between that where you can say, Oh yeah, no, that's something I just don't care about. And then it's that sort of, is it, is it apathy or is it uh peace? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm yep. like, okay, have my emotional find, scale like, right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to find <laughs> the words to differentiate the two things. So I think of like apathy is that oh, I don't care. Like the very, the Eeyore kind of Eeyore, thing. Yeah. Then, but then when you're, when you're without a care in the world, that has a much lighter kind of la, 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 sort mm -hmm. of flowing yeah, feeling to it. So I'm like, that's the kind of difference between the two. And like, like I said, our, our subconscious is, is much smarter than our conscious mind. And it will, Pull every trick in the book and it will try to trick us into thinking that that apathy i don't care is the without a care in the world so yeah you know we have to really learn to be vigilant and honest with ourselves that's where people like, like us come in so handy because we can help people to see what they're doing right now that's not serving them because we can't see our shit when we're in it um and so we help them see it and then we help them see a way to make it better yeah. Yeah. And being like, like, that's, you know, my whole catchphrase is that there, there's no such thing as problems or only situations. Right. <laughs> and the great thing about situations is they always change. Right. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, this has been um, so enlightening and I'm sure that our, our viewers and our listeners have gotten a lot of wonderful information from you. So just real so. quick. Um, share how they can reach out to you and, um, and if there's anything else that you want to say before we uh, close up shop today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. My pleasure. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I hope uh, there's something for, for everybody to, to take away uh, from this. Um, definitely read Letting Go by David Hawk. <laughs> if you haven't, great book completely changed how I was doing my self-hypnosis. And that's sort of become a lot of the cornerstone of like the work I've done with, with Bell's palsy and stuff. Yeah. Um, and using hypnosis to help us let, let go of that stuff and, and move up, move our baseline up the scale, I should say. Um, can find me at ebhypno.com. It's my, my website links to all my social media on there. I'm also, 
EB Hypno on Instagram, uh, Evan Baumgartner on Facebook, uh, Elliot Bay Hypnosis on there too. But yeah, uh, you can find all that on ebhypno.com. Um, and if people are interested in the, the emotional scale stuff, like that's how we reach our goals to using that to be able to get the things that we want. Um, I do have a uh, workshop on on that and I'm probably going to do the next live one uh, sometime in January to help with uh, New Year's resolutions and really set 2024 off on, on the right foot. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I will, when I, um, when I post this, I will put a link in there to all your stuff, but a lot of times, you know, people are listening and they're not looking at the comments. And so I just wanted you to say, um, so that, uh, anybody that was listening could, um, maybe just make a note of it or copy it into their notes or something. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to say, or does that feel complete? That feels pretty complete. Yeah. Thank you. A ton of fun. And yeah, could go on all day. Yeah, I know. Stuff. Me too. So <laughs> like, uh, that's why I love doing podcasts. I know. I mean, that that's that, the great thing uh, about where it also like the difficult thing is the time management of that, because yeah, somebody calls us about like, you know, just a discovery call. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to tell you everything about it. Here's the whole history of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I like the college level course on this. I'm like, no, but it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, because yeah, I mean, like it 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 changes people's lives. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I have um, so enjoyed having you on here today and letting you share your your journey because I think it's really really important for people to know that there's so much more that hypnosis can do, and it just gives them one more. Um, spoke in the wheel to know yeah. that what it can do. Like I, I was really skeptical about the the physical aspect of it. Like emotional, absolutely. I yeah. it's amazing for that. But when I started seeing like the physical changes, that blew my mind. Yeah. And uh, um, but again, a lot of that came from the emotional processing <laughs> of right. it. So. So yeah, that's uh, I guess that would be one more thing I, I would have to say to to everybody listening is like don't discount the way our emotions affect us physically. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we see that with stress, so it shouldn't be that big of a jump. But I know, like, if you asked me about that like three years ago, I would have been like, nah, maybe a little bit, but nah. You know, it's, it, you know, this is c completely now it's like, oh, my knee is sore. It's not just because of the weather. I'm not discounting that as being part of it. It definitely is. But then I'm also kind of like, all right, well, there must be an emotional thing <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. going on too. I agree. Louise Hay as, has as a I great, feeling that um, has a great book about that too. If you've Louise never May. seen Louise Hay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I've heard that. Okay, cool. But cool. yeah, so something I definitely will will have to to check out yeah, now because yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, this stuff really does impact things. I know because yeah, I had I was having a knee problem and then I'm like just doing my own self-work. And then it's like, okay, as that kind of moved up, 
in my body, my knee quit hurting, and then I got yeah, <laughs> I got a real bad head cold. But it was all but you got it out, right? But the, but the, yeah, but then the knee pain just went away. Like yeah. it's still not not perfect because there still is like the weather aspect. It was nothing like it was before. I'm like, this is yeah, this is really crazy. Yeah, mind blowing. <laughs> I know. I love it. All right. So um thank you again uh for thank being you, here. Man. And I want to say one last thing to our viewers and our listeners, and that is the best way to predict the future is create it. What are you creating? Mwah.